Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we recap Season 9, Episode 15 of AMC's The Walking Dead. Entitled The Calm Before. Ooh. But for the sake of brevity and also all our listeners, we do dive directly into the episode and spoiler. So spoiler, 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 you have been warned. Genius, what say you on this episode? I dug the shit out of this Holy episode. Shit. You and me both. This episode was great, dude. This episode was like, had action and fuckery and something that I've wanted to see for quite a long time now. So <laughs> You and me both. And, and we've actually talked about it on previous episodes. I didn't think that they were going to do it the episode before the season finale, mm-hmm. but I'm really glad they did. Yeah. But let's just go ahead and dive into the episode, and we'll kind of take this in chronological order. Mm-hmm. Genius and I talked off air, and we are going to just pretty much cover the fair, because yeah, that was pretty much the, every, the hub of everything. Right. It encompassed everything in the episode. Most of the characters, if not all of the characters, were mm-hmm. involved. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> no, okay, but even before we get to the fair, the opening shot is like, happy anniversary, I made you this, <laughs> right? Like, morning comes in the apocalypse, right? <laughs> and this is our first year, we're over there. I made you a buffalo nickel. <laughs> you see this, like, lady making these buffalo nickels for this anniversary. And, okay. The H stands for hope. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking, like, wah, wah. Man. As soon as you do it, shit like that. Your time is done. The exactly. Thing- it's it's almost getting to the point where they telegraph it. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have anything good without something terrible, terrible, terrible happening. Right. And it's like, oh, you're wonderful, and you should sell these. And I'm like, I'm going to take these to the fair, and it's going to be great. And then the next thing you know, Alpha's there. They have the thing. The, the whole cart's turned over. Like, you just see, like, bodies everywhere. And, like, I care not for your baubles. Give me your hair. Long luxurious hair. <laughs> Give me that wonderful hair. No, just like you just see Alpha, like, strong answer. Getting ready for like, There will be conflict. <laughs> there will be haircuts. And then, like, the next thing you know, off to the fair. And we like, I wonder if that'll come into play. And it does. Everything comes into play because it gives me questions, especially the baubles. Yeah. So... Then we're on to the fair, and the fair looked dope as shit. The fair really did, and at the beginning of the fair, you see Ezekiel kind of pontificating up by his paper mache Shiva mm-hmm. about you know how everything that they've done has manifested to this point. You know, mm-hmm. Rick Grimes's calls him out by name mm-hmm. has brought all of the communities together, and his ideology it still lives on. I thought that was really cool. Me too. I mean, I'm a huge fan of King Ezekiel. But I think that bringing back the the memory of Rick Grimes with you know with with all of the people that knew him, you know, mm-hmm. you had Tara there, you had Father Gabriel, all these people that were, I guess you would say the the support right. pieces of all these different communities, right? You know, all these people that Rick had saved, mm-hmm. and he even said he had to burn the bridge that connected us to save us, and so this is like a metaphorical symbol of his like sacrifice, right? And then he calls out Jesus by name, too. Yep. And he goes, yeah, this is wasn't for these people who gave everything. We wouldn't be here right now. And he's 100% correct. Their vision lives on. And I'm glad that to see that. And even everybody's like, hey, look, Michonne, Michonne, right? And so, like, he gives this tragic speech. And then here comes Bad News Carol, right? <laughs> right? Like, and then I, I, <laughs> I really like the fact that they're all like, 
well, we gotta go find Henry. Let's find Henry. And everybody, where is he at? And like, open the gates. And like, there he is. You know? (laughs) You had Henry. You had Henry, Lydia, Daryl, and Connie all come back to the the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was really cool because, you know, all of these these warriors were ready to go out on a search party. Yeah. Carol was one of them. Man, I don't. I don't know what she was thinking because, you know, what, what would have happened if, if something bad would have happened to Henry? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would have broken her completely. So, yeah. But, I mean, we, we, we see the party come back and she's obviously relieved. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezekiel is obviously relieved. We see that Carol gives Daryl a huge hug. Um, she gives Henry a huge hug. Ezekiel kind of pats him on the, on the shoulder and yeah. you know, welcomes him back. So we see the main group of characters come together again, and um, why am I blank? Oh, Connie and Kelly. I was blanking on Kelly's name. Yeah, Connie and, and and Kelly come together because they are sisters, and Kelly really voices voices her opinion and says, "You know, look, I think it's pretty shitty that you left." She's one hundred percent right. She, she without saying goodbye because in this fucking place. Every goodbye could be your last. And she was spot on with that, too. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Because she's going on basically a suicide mission to find, like, the enemy's missing person. I am 100% with Kelly. Like, yeah, you should have said goodbye. But then at the same time, I'm also see where Connie's point, you had to leave right then and there. Well, and a lot of what Connie was referring to, too, is, you know, dipping to get that baby. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. she, she even said it was a lot of emotion that I didn't know that I hadn't dealt with yet. Which made me think, did she lose a baby? That's what I guess was alluded to in the episode, and I found that really interesting because I think that as we see play on, we do know that you know Michonne hasn't had a real big interaction with Magna's group other mm-hmm. than just kind of being standoffish. At, Get at the, the fuck initials. out, yeah. But remember, Michonne lost a child too, yeah, and she's all about protecting the children. Although she went on a rampage <laughs> last episode, she killed a whole bunch, but protecting her children, I should say, exactly. <laughs> So maybe that'll bring Connie and and Michonne together somehow. Like a common bonds. Right. Maybe they're just, you know, kind of having a conversation at the fair or whatnot. Yeah. I did think it was pretty interesting that with the fair, you had all of the leaders of the different communities that were brought together, Mm -hmm. but they were all having, like, interesting little sidebars with one another. Yeah. You had the dynamic between Father Gabriel and Tara. You had the Oceanside individual that was there as well, Rachel. Uh, so you had all the main communities that were going to be signing the the or supposedly signing the charter coming together at various points. But even before that, right. when they first um, when they first opened up the gates and let in, everybody's like having a good reunion, like "Hey, welcome." Mm-hmm. But then Tara comes up and like, "What the fuck is she doing here?" And she's right. I mean, yeah, absolutely, she, she doesn't know what's going on. Last thing you know, there's a the killer of Jesus's daughter is right there. In the cell, right face to face. You were supposed to lead her away, send her back. Why is she still here? And, like, it wasn't until later till they're signing the charter where I was like, they're 100% right, Tara. You got some good points saying, shit's going down. This is unnecessary risk. We can't trust her. But then, like, I forgot it was like, they thought the same thing about you. They really did. And you know? they, br- they brought that up multiple times mm-hmm. to different people. You know, Rick had this this issue with some people. You were on the governor's side. Right. You know, and I think that was really what took Tara kind of aback and, and kind of made her look back on her past and realize, you know, look, you guys are right. You know, I don't know what was going on with 
what's happening in the situation now, but we're in it, so we have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, the the fact that Tara is a leader was growing on you. I think this showed a lot of like growth in her leadership role just on on the spot. Yeah, because then she goes, well, all right, you know, if other people have the same type of mentality and the same feeling, then we'll go with it. Well, because they said the same thing. It's like they were like, Terry, you're on the other side. He goes, even Michelle was like, Rick reached out to me. He didn't have no reason to trust me. He just saw me on the gate coming from, I think, the governor's camp. Back at the prison. Back at the prison. Yeah, Yeah, coming from the governor's camp. But, like, she didn't know who the hell he was just asking for help. Yeah, come on in. Same thing with Father Gabriel, you know? So, like, everybody Mm -hmm. was like, and even with Daryl, everybody's like, you have to trust somebody. Everybody's been fighting each other at one point in time, but we all have come together. And I'm glad, like you said, that shows true leadership skills to like you know what you're 100 percent correct and this is what we need to do for the benefit of all the communities tara was a great leader for the short amount of time that she was spoilers and if you don't know what i'm talking about by now we'll get to it then and you shouldn't be listening in the first place <laughs> but like like no 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 uh so like she it's unfortunate what happened because she was such like I said she was growing on me and she's a good leader and she showed leadership possibilities. I think under all things considered, after a, the whisper war or whatever, if she was still on top, she would make the communities thrive because she's smart and just almost king like, you know. Well, and she's got a good dynamic with King Ezekiel yeah. as well because I think they can both see through each other's kind of you know pontificating BS. Mm-hmm. The the personalities. The personalities can be kind of, kind of like had a light shown on them. Yeah. And they can see the actual people behind the personalities. Because the king is huge and boisterous and his gravitas is off the charts. Mm-hmm. And Tara is very much the same way when she's headstrong and she's out for just her community. Because that's really what the the whole objection to Lydia in the in the communities were right because she was just, worried about what was going to happen to Hilltop because, because she even that's said, where the communities was that right. everything went down she's yeah. going to come straight to Hilltop saying that's fucked up and Alpha's going to wipe us out and that's why they and that's why I like they said okay then let's go to back to the original type thing of the charter where an attack on one of us is, is an, an attack, attack on, on all of us like making an alliance again and I was like. It's about fucking time, guys. You know, and even Michelle was like, yeah, okay, you're right. After everything's said and done. I mean, and seriously, you know, in the grand scheme of things, she should be ready to open up by now. And I'm glad she is. Mm-hmm. Michonne, I'm, I'm speaking to Michonne. But it was a good thing for uh, her to say, or, well, that's how we're going to do this. And Ezekiel's like, I have just the thing. Perfect. Perfect. He got his wish. And yeah, like. He got to see the charter sign. Yeah. And another, on this. I really thoroughly enjoyed that scene of everybody signing the charter. I felt like it was, I felt like empowerment. Like, like I felt proud. Like, like yes, about time, fucking right. Like, I, I was like, this is a really good scene. Because even before that, King Ezekiel writes King Ezekiel. And I wrote this in my and notes. passes the paper to Carol. And Carol goes, fuck it, Queen Carol. And I thought that was a big step for Carol. It was huge step because for she's Carol. always been one of those people that's like a silent assassin. Mm-hmm. She knows what she has to do, but she's not really comfortable being out in the limelight, out in front of people, especially being called queen. You know that's what I'm saying? True. Like she sheltered herself off. She hurried herself away after everything went down in the prison for all the longest time in Alexandria, and then, uh, but now she's the queen, and she, I was like, yeah, Carol, you deserve to be queen. 
She really does. Mm-hmm. Is there a better warrior besides maybe Michonne? Right. And then even good on Michonne, too, for saying it needs to you, Father Gabriel, write this because you're the head right. of the You're the head council, of the council. Right. And I think that's something we forgot. Yeah, head, Michonne was head of security, but everybody looked at her the de facto leader. But mm-hmm. in theory, the council is the one that would make all the decisions. And I'm glad she was like, yeah, no, go for it. I thought this was a good scene, not only because it was well shot, well, the music was very like, yeah, but it showed great growth on all parties involved. All parties. Terra, the, the kingdom, Hilltop, every community showed potential for much more great things ahead well because you think about what's going to happen going forward now yeah now all the communities are actually united again they have to be now well and we'll get into that later on in our episode Mm -hmm. but when it's finally revealed and everything they they're the people in the the kingdom don't know anything about what's going on outside the gates but now you actually have this unification of everybody Mm -hmm. you know and ezekiel even talks about it you know the fair of new beginning that's what he calls the fair. So let's just talk about the fair for a second, which I thought was really, really cool. You had people that were, you know, selling their trinkets and baubles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their wares. The people were giving CPR classes on how to save people's lives. I thought it was ironic that Enid was the person that was instructing people on the the chest compression piece of mm-hmm. CPR. You had the Earl the blacksmith kind of showing people you what what makes a good uh, axe handle. You had dunk tanks. I love the dunk tank. He's like, you couldn't dunk a donut. And there, of course, it's Judith yep. being the little badass. Annie Oakley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mini Annie Oakley knocking Eugene in there. I liked that. The fair was dope. It was a cool fair. I would go to that fair. The only thing they were missing was like a carousel. Right. Like a Ferris wheel. Boop, 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 boop. But they had movies. Yeah. So it was a cool fair. They've got like Brocephus and Clovis like turning this gigantic like squirrel <laughs> hamster wheel. The wheel of pain. No, <laughs> no, but they even had like showing how to do an irrigation system mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, again, this was a good moment for the communities to become stronger. Right. They were trying to you showcase what they had learned, what they know, mm-hmm. with the different types of technologies that each individual, I guess you would say the communities have because, you know, Hilltop is predominantly agrarian yeah the the kingdom is predominantly i guess technology driven because they've got you know or they've kind of kind of straddled between uh, you know agrarian and technological mm-hmm. and then alexandria is really you know the the i guess the shining beacon on the hill if you will but then all of a sudden everybody's having a good time at the fair and enjoying the thing and then you have the red shirt teens coming in and talking shit oh they were talking mad shit to on lydia. Henry and lydia like you know like he's been here for a long time and he just got here but she has a thing you plan on starting anything when you're here right like he has a thing she has a thing for her so why don't you just back off and you know in fairness I, I kind of, on, on the red shirt teen side, I can see, like, you know, they're looking out for their girl. You know what I'm saying? She's got a thing for Henry. You know, I don't know fucking why, but he's got a thing for Henry. <laughs> fucking Henry. Fucking Henry. And so, like, hey, new meat. Get out of here, fish. You know, she's claimed. Fish. Yeah, claimed, you know. like And then, but fucking Lydia bought a hook, line, and secret. But then again, she's like, this is all a little too much. And everybody's like, how you like the fair? How you like the fair? She goes, this is fucking insane. Because, I mean, if you think about it, she's been, like, nomading it for, like, her whole life. Yeah, ever and since then, she was little. And she's even like, there's a movie, you know? But for her to buy the hook, line, and sinker bullshit from Chad, the red shirt teen, I was like, man, that's some bullshit. Ugh, red shirt teens. I can't wait for you guys to 
die. Angsty redshirt teens. <laughs> I know the redshirt teens. And right. and then she has a nice little heart to heart with Henry mm-hmm. that, that says, you know, what's going on here? And and Henry, I guess, professes his undying affections toward her. I don't like her. I like you. I'm like fucking Henry. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Henry. Come on. I said it like five times that whole episode. I watched it every time he came on screen. Man, fucking Henry. But I like the interaction. He he didn't grow on me, but I'm like, it was sweet where he goes, don't listen to them. I I don't care what if she likes me or not. I like you. And I was like, good on you, Henry. You know, good for, like, clearing things up and, like, saying, oh, don't worry, baby. She means nothing to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she ain't even a side piece. <laughs> right? But we see, the I guess, the next part after the commercial is we see Brocephus and the Highwaymen kind of coming across this camp from the hilltop person that was bringing their baubles and trinkets to the fair. Yeah. Because that's what they were charged with, you know, protecting the highways between the kingdom and the different communities. Mm-hmm. And they were doing that. I mean, they were tearing some people up. Yeah, they were. They were doing a good job helping people out, the, the highwaymen, but apparently they missed one of the carts. Yes, they missed one of the carts. So what we get is... The I guess the emissary envoys that were going back to the hilltop community, they're all out and about in, you know, I guess you would say outside the gates. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know how far away from the kingdom they were because it doesn't really give us like a, any type of, you know, mile like, marker 65 yeah, or something like that. Like, you know, half a half an hour walk or mm-hmm. two hours walk away three from ticks the, away the, or the something. But we get all of our main characters, which immediately kind of for me kind of raised some red flags. I mean, you had Daryl, Carol, Michonne. You had Magna and Yumiko. So you have really the biggest heavy hitters of all of the communities all in one group. And then Yumiko and Magna, they decide to separate, which we find out that they are actually a full-fledged couple. Which, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of get some inklings when they were, they were hanging out and drinking, but it was kind of a, one of the things where, you know, could they have been a couple or could they just be really super close because they're in their, their own group? Yeah. But now that we've, you know, known that, Yumiko and Magna have a, a connection, a real, you know, a romantic connection. If one of them goes, that's going to put a big impact on right. the others. Yeah, right. Just like the 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 love between Kelly and Connie, we mm-hmm. we know that you know the sister the sisterly bond and everything. Yeah. If one of them goes, we we know that that's going to cause some emotional strife between mm-hmm. the two of them. So Yumiko decides to go ahead and go with the the I guess the foraging party to try to find out what happened to this this individual or these individuals from the the hilltop cart. Mm-hmm. She goes with Daryl, Carol, and uh, Michonne. Well, it was a nice a bunch of scenes on figuring out who to go and who needs to stay. And like, no, I'll go. Carol's like, I'll go. Kingdom needs you here. The fair mm-hmm. needs you here. And same thing like with Tara's like, I want to go. Like, no, 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 no. You need to stay here for a little bit as a show, figure out how we're going to do this like alliance when it comes to it, because we're going to need to figure out how to fight again. So stay here when things go, then you can come back because she made a good point. She goes, my people need to see that when there's times of trouble, I'm coming to the rescue no Mm -hmm. matter what. And she's right. She goes if she was if because if she was some sort of absentee leader nobody would give a fuck about her. That's Gregory she has to say. Right. That's exactly what Gregory exactly. was. And the fact that she's sticking around only to help out for the long run, and then as soon as light she's up on her way out, I was like, good on you. So you have the all these heavy hitters going, and then some heavy hitters staying, and I'm just like, 
Hmm, you're separating the groups too much. You know what I'm saying? And, and they were separating them almost in too small of a group. Yeah, because even then they go off in three pats. Like, oh, well, let's see who we're going to go after. And the next portion of the, the show is actually probably the biggest killing spree I've, I've seen to date. Yeah. I mean, they went ham. I mean, it was, that Carol, was crazy. Carol, Daryl, Yumiko, and Michonne just. I mean, all it was was cut shots of cutting, slicing and dicing. Because okay, and so, arrows to the head. Because they find the turned over bobble cart and they're gonna go like, hey, they went that way. They want to try to find the people, right? Just in case they're alive or at least clues to mm. see what's going on. So yeah, but those those zombies just came out of the woodwork and like, at first I was like, they're like, uh oh, they would get one or two, and then they were kind of backing up into mm-hmm. each other, and I'm thinking, okay, first of all, I. I'm not feeling dread or tension with these things because right now they are up against the baddest asses of them all. There's no way these zombies are going to survive. And I'm like, I'm waiting for you guys to strike because they look like they're afraid. And I understand. I would understand if they're being surrounded by walkers, there would be a little bit of fear. But like Carol could take probably half of those things alone. Exactly. Not a little hillbilly justice and badass Michelle. Hillbilly justice. Right? They went fucking apeshit, and it was glorious. Just I mean, like <laughs> huge props to the special effects guys, as always, because we saw Michonne like slice heads off, uh-huh. like partial heads, mm-hmm. kind of like some head cheese. So if any of our listeners out there like that shit, sauce, yeah, sauce, sauce. Um, but they also didn't show a lot neither, because right, it, it was it was so just much. the people. They didn't mm-hmm. actually show like the, the I guess the gore and the the aftermath, and it was just so quick shots and sound effects like. Whoosh, Slice. It was great because you knew some horrible shit was going and it was like good theater of the mind shit because I was like, they're slicing people up. I don't think there's no way like the special effects department could keep up with all the carnage that was taking mm-hmm. place. So I think that was a wise choice to make the slice and dice montage. Otherwise this episode becomes like the most costly ever shot in <laughs> right? the history of television. <laughs> Because <laughs> it was super fucking dope. And then they're like, all right, cool. We killed all the walkers. And then the next thing, wrong answer. Uh, right? uh, excuse me, Mr. Nicotero. We're out of fake blood. Give me yours, child. Right, real. Only the best for season nine and ten. So, like, we, we find out that our group has essentially killed all of the guardians. Mm-hmm. All of the whisperer guardians. And then I thought was really cool about this this episode the next shot you see when the whispers start to emerge from the the forest, mm-hmm. they're all kind of smoky. Yeah, like you you see the outlines and you see them come in, but if you look at like the the whispers that are on the periphery, they're all kind of like shaded and and like very like out of the blurred. shadows, right. very scary because they're very intimidating. Like all of them, there's just one the sheer amount of them, and not only because walkers, yeah, they're slow and they don't think, so they're easily dispatched. I mean, mm-hmm. no one. I wouldn't survive against a whole horde of them, but these badasses would. Mm-hmm. The bad thing about the whispers is they're fast and they dot, but they also have weapons too. So of course the you're outnumbered. No matter how badass of you are, they're yeah. Granted, granted, they have knives, and there's five. And one of them had a gun. Yeah, there's five badasses in our group, but there's like five hundred badasses with knives. Even even if one of them can get it, plus you have alpha. Now, did you notice the one with the gun? That was the face of the husband of the cart bobble. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's, that's some cold-blooded yeah. shit. That, that and is... that's some quick shit, too. So I know. They didn't wait for him to turn. They just took <laughs> they just took his face Take off. <laughs> I could eat a peach all day. <laughs> nice pull. Nice pull. And 
what emerges is beta. And it was probably one of the scariest, most tense moments of the episode. Jared was freaked the fuck out. Did well, you see yeah, the- because he's just like, dude, I kicked this motherfucker down an elevator shaft and he's right here in front of my face. Mm-hmm. Um, What the hell's going on here? And, and Beta sticks in character. You know, all we wanted was the girl. Now that pact is over. And he tells everybody to drop their weapons, and Daryl's just like, well, fuck, man, we're surrounded. We can't do anything against yep. this. And what did he say? He he said something like, we were only going to kill one. That's done. Mm-hmm. The the pact is done. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, that's cold-blooded shit, because he sounds intimidating. He's a big monster. Well, and you, you look at just, like, the sheer, like, size difference. I know we talked about it on last episode when Daryl and Beta had the fight. But it's when huge. Beta walks down on Daryl, I mean, he is huge. towering like a foot over everybody in the group Mm -hmm. and like i said i don't know whether or not that's like lifts or camera angles or whatnot i the smart on the picture shows but but it works yeah it it absolutely does because you have this gigantic looming figure Mm -hmm. of nothing but just the embodiment of death yeah looming over this group and he there and then here comes alpha coming out of the shadows right answer right you, you come with me, hillbilly justice. Why? Okay, so that's my question. Because Michonne's like, what do you think you are? Do you speak for everybody? Right? So, like, why did she pick Daryl out of all of them? Because Daryl was the one that came down and talked to her at the gate. Nah. Uh, that, that, so. ha- that has to be it. Because I remember her. Because I know that she goes, you live like us. We walk around going place to place. Town to town. Right? <laughs> Selling popsicles. Mm. But, like, mm. but, like, so I guess maybe, like. She felt like she could probably talk to him the best because she's, I've been to your town and it's full of bullshit. Right? Because he's and, like. And man, while, while while we're on that particular instance, we, we see like the cut because this one has various time. A, a weird time shit. jump. Yeah, a weird it has, time, it has jump. time jumps in and out. Not which, quite. Honestly, we, we've said this before and I've said it in particular. I've had huge issues with time jumps. I really liked the way they did the time jumps with this episode. Because it showed us just how diabolical that Alpha can be. Mm-hmm. Because the time jump actually puts her in the kingdom during the fair with her normal face. But she is wearing the scalp, the the yellow hair. And the dress of and the, the, dress the bobble of, seller. Of, of the bobble seller. The, the, hen, the, the Henry markers. I, okay. I didn't, didn't like this time jump. After everything was said and done... I okay, like yes, I really liked mm-hmm. it. But before that, I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? What's like, going on? What timeline are we in? Yeah, what timeline? And so it wasn't until almost the halfway point where I'm like, oh, I got it. If you're gonna do time jumps like that, make it a little bit more obvious of what you're doing. But I do think that it did a good job of making how diabolical and how she can just kind of weave herself in because she had audience with the goddamn king. That was kind of like a really tense moment for me because i was worried that she was gonna like shank him mm-hmm. because at that point ezekiel's guard was completely down he was like oh and who are you mm-hmm. he, you know, she introduces herself and she's just like well yeah i need you to show me where all the clothiers are because i need a sweater because i got a i got a feeling that oh, this yeah. one's gonna be a hard winner mm-hmm. and you could even tell in his face that she, that he could sense that something wasn't right by just the way she was talking like, to him. This chick is crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, we got to go before a little bit back. Because she's the last time we saw him, she's talking to Daryl. Mm-hmm. And like, come with me. Right? And I thought that's going to be the revealing of the Pikes. Right? But we instead see this enormous gorge filled with walkers. 
And I think the only time I've seen maybe possibly as many, if not more, walkers was during the quarry scene. Yeah. That, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of. But, I mean, this was a massive herd. And she goes, and my people are in there. They're guiding them. Yep. yep. They're, they're not just in there, you're kind of mumbling around. They are guiding these people. Because if you see them, they're just walking in like a circle. Mm-hmm. There's like weird patterns. And I was like, whoa, that looks crazy. And, yeah, no, there's literally nothing could stop them. I mean, oh, like, absolutely not. No, if they decided to, in full force to march over Alexandria, they, they would could literally break down march any wall. over Alexandria, right. over the kingdom. And so I think, like, because we knew that they had a huge camp and we knew that they had a lot of people, but the full extent of what they had, I was like, I did not see that coming. Right, because we saw the camp that, that the Whispers had that they were overrun in Mm -hmm. when Daryl and Connie initially stole Henry and Lydia out of it. But that wasn't even anywhere like remotely close. Like that was maybe 20, 30 people. This herd is like in the hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah. It's huge. And she leads them all. So, and then she goes, don't, don't cross our land anymore. Our land is South of the river. And north till and you'll see where uh, yeah and you'll see where we mark the the boundary and then Daryl kind of Daryl kind of gives this like weird look you know and Alpha even says do you think you can protect or do you think you'll protect my daughter and Daryl just goes you know absolutely confident he goes yes I will you know and I think that's when Alpha kind of kind of respects Daryl more now mm-hmm. because he was so assertive not oh I think I can or you know I can do a better job than you but can or anything ta- like that but then he goes she goes I hope you're right but I doubt it mm-hmm. and I was like god damn that's cold-blooded that's that's a very good like in your face you know what I'm saying because like you can't protect my daughter you can try but she's dead to me right so then we go back now we're back into the time back in time now mm-hmm. where she sneaks in and then we see, like, come on, the king's eager. Come, Henry, let's enjoy the fair. And she's just walking around, looking at everything, being all extra creepy. Because that music is very effective. They're like, like the weird banjo lullaby scariness. Dude, the Walking Dead really does some excellent, like, sound design mm-hmm. and, and music, musical cues and everything that involved behind the scenes we've had some issues with some episodes and and some different things but overall i mean they've got a great support crew and the whisperer theme is a very effective uh, very effective it absolutely song. is mm-hmm. so while we're in the current time i mean we need to talk about rosita and eugene yeah because they had the kind of the moment where eugene is really often kind of limbo he, mm-hmm. he doesn't know where he stands with everything because Rosita is pregnant with sadiq's baby she's with father gabriel but eugene has feelings for her so it's like some weird effed up like kentucky mulleted quadrilateral love love. quadrilateral yeah and it's it's so weird because you know eugene's on the outside looking in and rosita you know thanks him saying you i appreciate the fact that you talked to gabriel i appreciate what you did let's just go back that doesn't mean that you and i can't talk we can't have conversations we can't be around each other and it's still pretty uneasy for Eugene uh-huh. because I mean he's it's socially, hard. He's socially awkward in the first place, and he the love of his life, who he thinks he loves, you know, someone who actually has been with him for a long time, and he watched get it on with Abraham. Yeah, is now in this weird love triangle, and at the end of the day, you still only want what's best for her. And like, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we're friends. You know, I'm glad we can move on. You know, just because I doesn't love you doesn't mean I don't care about you. Yep. And then like, 
me and a bunch of other are going to have an inner community D&D. Like, don't push your luck. Yeah, that was... Don't so, push your luck, nerd. That, that was so... Just a, a small throwaway line in, in the grand scheme of what happens in this episode. But it was so, like, charming mm-hmm. because it came from Eugene. He was like, oh, we're going to have a D&D night with some of the other... Some of the other individuals from other communities, she's like, don't pressure luck. And I was just right. like, I like it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. So during the same time period, we see that Lydia and Henry have that conversation about, you know, I don't like her. I like you kind of deal. Yeah. And he makes mention, oh, the pipes are. The, the, pipe, the pipes, the pipes are calling. So he has to go off and mend the pipe. And this is something that we, you know, calls back to the beginning of. The very uh, beginning of the season, or the when beginning of the mid-season, when rather. He's going to the, when he's going to become a smithy. Right. Yeah. The the whole, I guess, the precipitating factor of him going to Hilltop mm-hmm. to learn, mm-hmm. um, he has to go and fix the pipe. So Henry is out of the picture as of right now. I was like, shenanigans. Right. I, I kind of thought it was kind of a little too convenient. Mm-hmm. Especially because Alpha's already like running around the fair and looking at it like it's fucking first Friday. Now, did you think? First Friday. I like it. For locals, that's a that's an art gallery kind of opening. For you in Kansas City, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. For everybody else, it's just like it's big art fair, right? The first Friday of every every month, right? But like she's looking around, like, oh, this is nice, and I thought that's let's go get sweaters. Mm, you know? Is that corduroy? <laughs> right answer. <laughs> so like everybody in khakis, right? And then then so they're at everybody's at the movie, and then everybody's like, "Where's King Ezekiel?" Because after this. We see like we start seeing people like missing. Yeah, Jerry even mentions. I, I hope the boss wa- wanted to see this. You know, I, I hope he's uh, kicking himself in the ass over mm-hmm. this because he's not here. Lydia is sitting down alone, and Henry is supposed to be with her, and Henry's not there. And we're like, where's the movie? Everybody's having a good time watching fucking Baby Huey cartoons, and like, where the hell is Henry? And then somebody comes and sits down and grabs a hand, and and then lo and behold, it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking Alpha, and she goes. Just turns to Lydia. Okay, so real quick, we really do have to do a, a little bit of, um, I guess, a huge kudos to the actress that plays Lydia. Because I even wrote down in my notes, when Alpha goes to Lydia and like puts her hand on hers and just kind of looks over and shushes her, the look on her face was nothing but absolute fright. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's not a lot of people that I think can pull that off and look genuine. But she looked like she absolutely just saw an absolute ghost, <laughs> like right next to her. It's Greg Nicotero in a scary mask. Change the scene. Nah. Right? No, I, I had almost the exact opposite. I was like, so you don't want the popcorn bucket with the hole in it, you know? So, <laughs> but like, all answer. No, but Alvin turns around and goes, shh. If that's not a goddamn don't talk or text during the movie scene that's for Alamo, be. then there's doing something wrong. It's gotta be. You know, next thing you know, don't talk or text during the movie, your head will be on a bike. Like, <laughs> wrong answer. You know, I just that, because that was scary. She goes, shh. And I was like, woo, you better not talk or text during the movie. So i really enjoyed that it gave me quite a chuckle and a fright yeah. so like and then they cut to commercial and when they come back you see alpha with the captured group again and she says my daughter's not a concern anymore mm-hmm. and if it's one of those blinking you miss it kind of deals but beta has a beat during that conversation where he kind of looks over he kind of yeah and it's it's just like a it's it like i said it's a blink and you miss it kind of deal but he actually shows like 
wow, man, this bitch is heartless. Mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't know what the hell is going on because that's that's the whole reason why they're in this, I guess, in the first place. conflict with this group is because they've got Lydia. Yeah. And also, it makes me think that maybe maybe he loves Lydia. I mean, not like a thing. Like a big brother. like a big sister. brother or like, you know, like, I guess, surrogate father. I mean, if that's well, the number Well, I mean, two, she's part of their, their the tribe. Group, yeah, from you know? the get, you know? So, like, that's another reason why I think it just gave him pause. Like, what? You know, yeah. are you that cold where you're going to forget your own daughter? Especially after I've led parties going to go find her, you know? And then, but the fact that she goes, it's no longer a concern. I was like... Holy shit, did she just kill a whole bunch of people? I was expecting everybody to kind of pan out the kingdoms in flames. Right. You know? But what it, we- it has been it has been X amount of times since like our last issue that that has come up. I thought that was probably one of the most telltale signs of Alpha's, I guess, diabolical nature. Yeah. And I mean it's just like, wow, man. And she even talks about it. This is how we live like animals. Mm-hmm. And Dude, even animals, I mean, care for, for their for young. For the most part, you know, they don't just like abandon their kids. Or they eat, they eat them or then they or they care for them. Or they nurture them. them. Right. We One know what else is going with. Right. <laughs> Wrong answer. But so like, yeah, I expected everything to be in rubble and ruin. I think what we got was worse because like you said, we go back and everybody's like, have you seen this person? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that person? Have you seen the red shirt teams? Right. And then everybody's like, what's going on? And then they run. Here's the thing. I'm glad they did it because I was questioning, like, why would they, if they had everybody dead to rise? Would they just let him go? They run into Zadik, and he goes up ahead. Right. And and we see, like, just a lot of fright on Sadiq's face. Yeah. Um, as, 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 as warranted. And before Alpha actually exits the, the kingdom, she has this moment with Lydia outside in the, in the streets. And Lydia points to the fact that, you know, she has scars on her arms. You know, you did this, but, I, you know, you're still my mother, you know, the, the undertones and everything. And Lydia just starts bawling because Alpha just leaves without her, you know. So it's like you can't protect these people. So some bad shit's going to occur. Well, we get to the point where we find uh, that Alpha has let go of Daryl. And she says, you know, you're going to find your people, which and he refers to Carol, Yumiko, and uh, Michonne. Mm-hmm. You're going to find them a little bit north and then keep going. And that's, you know, they, they find the barrier Sadiq. land. Right. They find Sadiq. But and- even before that, when you're talking about Lydia talking to Alpha, there was a very good interplay with it because she goes, you don't care about me. Mm-hmm. And you um, you do this. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, so I'm going to give you something that you never gave me a choice. You can either just mm-hmm. walk away and leave everybody alone. Or I'm going to scream, or I'm gonna heaven scream and everybody will kill you because they're that's what families do. They will kill to protect me. And he goes, she goes, you don't think I've done that? I've came all the way here to find you. And she goes, no, you don't care about me. And I don't think she does. The fact that she like let her die numerous times. Mm-hmm. I think Lydia is 100% correct. You never gave anybody else a choice. Why are you giving me one now? I mean, yeah, yeah so... And- and that's true. And, you know, and during the time plays and the jumps and everything, before we get to the Sadiq part, th- there's a there's like a little snippet where Alpha is kind of off on her own. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of thinking about everything that's happened, everything with Lydia that went on. And she's visibly emotional. Beta comes up, you know, what what's what's going to occur, what's happening. And Alpha just says, I want to be alone. Well, she cries. And one of the whispers sees her. Mm-hmm. Alpha summons the whisperer over. 
and just stabs the shit out of him. Shang, Shang, Shang! I didn't want you to see me cry. <laughs> I mean, well, and that's that's good. I mean, if she shows weakness, looking, yeah, that's exactly what it was. You, because that's one of the reasons why you know Lydia had said that Alpha hated Henry was because you made my mother look weak. Well, mm-hmm. now Alpha looked weak in front of one of the whispers. And that's, can't have that. that's why she decapitated that one girl is because she cried. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even that. It's just the right. fact that showing weakness in this group. Yeah. Alpha has to assert herself. And then, that's why also he, he, she killed the husband of the guy, of yep. the girl. Yep. Cause as soon as he cried, that's yeah. weakness. Yep. That was cold blooded. I'm glad that she cried. And it was it was kind of funny because you and I both called it at the same time. I looked. Oh, he's dead. Yep, he's gone. He's gone. He saw something. And I think we said it at the same time. It's like, yep, he gone. He gone. He's dead. I didn't want you to see me cry. Shrink. You know. So whatever. I'll cry. The next portion of the episode we see is that Sadiq is tied up and he is like beside himself again. He's just kind of doing the Scooby, (laughs) the the Scooby Doo kind of pointing thing when they finally untie him. And, oh, my God, I was sitting on the edge of the couch actually watching this portion because this is the part of the the show that I have been waiting for weeks to see. Weeks! <laughs> when they announced the Whispers, I knew that the Pike reveal was going to be because, you know, I've, I've read into the comic books and whatnot. So I was interested to see how they were going to do this. Mm-hmm. In my notes, literally in capital letters, underlined with three exclamation points, Pike reveal. Yeah. And all of the the characters that are walking up the hill to see what's what this this fence line this border is, I mean, you see just looks of just absolute terror. Yeah, and like horror. They don't know what the hell's going no, on? No, because here's the thing: Negan only killed two people, right? And granted, while he did it very viciously and ferociously, they died. Mm-hmm. These people didn't die; they're walkers. Yeah, and just their heads. Yep, just their heads, and they're all on pikes that. That was the northern border that that Alpha is speaking on. You know, don't cross this border, otherwise there will be conflict. Mm-hmm. Whoa, dude! And I mean, I even looked at you, and you, you kind of raised up in the in the chair and kind of rocked forward too, because as they revealed, they revealed them one at a time, mm-hmm. and we were all like, "Okay, who's it going to be?" Because during the whole time, they're like, "Have you seen King Ezekiel?" Right, because they keep going back to the they keep going back to the kingdom, and they keep talking about, "Well, have you seen Ezekiel?" Have you seen Henry? Mm-hmm. Have you seen this person and, and and whatnot? And when they actually reveal the faces of the people that are on the pikes, I was like, holy shit, that's brutal. Yeah. Because all of these people are now walkers, but their their walker head is still mm-hmm. kind of, you know, looking for whatever whatever walkers look for, you know, live things, but it's just their heads. So, and, and the 10 we get, we get... Brocephus and Clovis, the two highwaymen. Right. We get Tara. We get we get Brett Butler's character. Uh huh. Because Which we, I was bummed to see go. I was very bummed to see that go. We see two of the red shirt teens, and then good that the wrong red shirt teens, <laughs> the wrong red shirt teen. I liked the one red shirt teen and the one girl. She was mousy but harmless. The chick with glasses. Yeah, Chad Chatterton should have been one of the red shirt teens that got it. So, like, that's horseshit. But anyway. But of the main characters, you know, we have Brett Butler that, that gets turned onto the pike. Mm-hmm. We have Brocephus and Clovis. Two of the red shirt teams. And you have you have Magic Mike, as I coined him, the, the yeah. one that everybody went ape shit. I was like, oh, man, he's so sexy. Whatever. He's doomed to die. Yep. And, and just the, the reveals keep coming, and you see Tara. 
Which I wasn't expected. I, I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Then you see Enid. Which, again, I didn't expect to see Enid on there. Because they're like... Because they made a whole deal of Luke was like, come on, old Navy model guy. Let's sing a song together, right? And he's like, I don't know. And he's up on stage and he's just kind of looking around. Well, because we even missed the whole part like, oh, I'm your your boyfriend now. Oh, the candy apple part. Yeah, like eating candy apples in the big rock candy mountain. But And so like, oh, I'm your boyfriend. Well, I guess so. We kind of like screw around and like live together. So why not? And now he can't find Enid out at the kingdom. He made a huge deal about it, right? And everybody's like, and then I was like, well, where's the king? And then I... I thought one of them was going to be Jerry. I didn't know what was going on. But then we see the terror. But remember, Jerry was in the movie. Yeah. He was front seat. That's true. But then, so was Alpha. So, like, no, but uh, I was like, oh, man, who's it going to be? And I was like, no, not Tara. I just, like, really like Tara. You know, like, she was a viable member of the community. Denied. Right? Enid, okay, at first I had trouble with her, especially when she was shooting old ladies in Oceanside. But, like... (laughs) She's grown on me now. I wonder how Marquand is going to react. Yeah, right? Then we see go back. And again, I was bummed out about Brett Butler. But then I was like, they're like, where's Henry? Where's Henry? And I got excited. Yeah, I, I too was a little excited about this part, uh, this portion of the episode. But when Daryl goes to Carol and he just starts yelling, you know, don't look, just look at me. Don't, don't Mm -hmm. just look at me. Look at the flower. And I'm just like, Oh shit. They didn't because we hadn't seen Ezekiel up to that point. Right. And I was wondering, I'm like, are they going to kill the King? And I I was, I was all ready for it. I mean, I was emotionally invested to, to see the King up there. Well, lo and behold, Alpha had the king and right. was like, hey, right, kind of leading him. Can you show can me, me show me this swims? Swims? Right. Show me some popsicles, you know? And I was like, oh, no, not the king. I'm going to burn this place to the goddamn ground. But like, nope, it was fucking Henry. Yep. I think I went, yes. And like, <laughs> I shouldn't get excited about a main character, a child, no less, getting decapitated and put on a pike. But at the same time, it's fucking Henry. So I was, I was stoked. And you and I even talked about it. I think it would have been cooler if it would have been Henry Stick. Yeah, that his head would have been mounted on. Yeah, or the one he's like when he was in the in the high rise. Uh, I whittled this down for a tip for you, you know, <laughs> like come back and start for a play. But and I mean, then, just just think of the, <laughs> the 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 people that we went through. I mean, Brocephus and Clovis, the highwaymen. Let's say forgettable. Right, Magic I mean, Mike. They were growing on me because like he, Brocephus even had a couple of good lines in this one. Yeah. Howdy, ma'am. Howdy. Yeah. Cleared were real good for you. Magic Mike, yeah, he was cute to look at. Whatever, he's gone. Uh, you had the red shirt teens. No one gave a crap about him because we called him red shirt teens. Again, wrong red shirt teens. GPS Ginger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Ginger's have no soul, so there you go. No, I, <laughs> but she was a blink and he missed like, oh, hey, Henry, how's it going? Oh, right. hey, you. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Hey there, girl. What's your name again? Oh, I wonder if you come back into play later on. Yes, you do. So, but Tara, I was bummed at. Bummed e- at Enid. Enid, I was really bummed out about. Yeah, I liked her. I was. She grew significantly on me. And same thing. And that's one thing that it gets pissed me off about The Walking Dead. It's like as soon as I start liking characters that I hated, they're not hated, but I'm like, eh, they're dead. You well, know, I, mean, I, I can go back as far as like season one and, and some of those characters that we got introduced to. I mean, Dale was one of my favorite characters and he gets dead. Chom- he gets chomped on by like a pasture walker, like a cow. So mm, Shazoo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. 
But when they when they revealed that it was Henry's head, the only thing that went through my head is goes Alpha's fucking dead at this point. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. because Carol is gonna fuck her world up mm-hmm. and throw some grenades in the gorge, dude. It's it's gonna be epic. That's all I can say because Carol hell hath no fury like a peltier scorn. Right. You know, in, I don't think Alpha knows exactly what she did. Wrong answer. <laughs> because when she's talking about when she's talking to Daryl, she even says, "You know, I've seen your streets, I've seen the way you live, and that's not the way this world is." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "You don't know who you just screwed with." You know, fucked up, a Aaron, a Alpha. So, you know, we got the big reveal. The ten heads have been revealed, and then and then they leave uh, Sadiq alive to tell the story. And and I thought it was an interesting spin the way that Sadiq told the story, because the way he, the way he was told to tell it was supposed to be for terrorizing effect. Mm-hmm. He didn't tell it that way. He said that these people came together, they protected one another, they fought for one another. And I think that was really the rallying cry for the different communities. Because oh, yeah. if you look out in the audience when Sadiq is talking to everybody, all the major players are there. Mm-hmm. So, well, the major players that aren't heads. Um, <laughs> they have all their parts <laughs> and Marquad. So, do, <laughs> I mean, that's that's interesting because now Hilltop doesn't have a doesn't have a, a head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, all, all puns who aside. Would, no, who, would, who is next in line in succession to be the Hilltop? That's... I mean, they could be an Alexandria annex, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, Sadiq, Mar- have to be Marquand. No, Marquand's in Alexandria, but I mean, he was at least close with Jesus. That's true. No, I think I mean, probably he's, be he's probably and he's probably one of the stronger of the characters. Yeah, no, that that leaves a power vacuum in uh, in Hilltop. Yeah. That's not good. And then the, maybe uh, maybe uh, Baron Chow will Yumiko. step up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's a Baron. That's true. Woo! Yeah, so. <laughs> and Henry, no, they done goofed. But I liked that speech that Sadiq gave. It was yeah. touching, and like it was a good battle cry because they know now that they they just didn't get killed. Yeah, and you it know, was a home. In, for one it was a home invasion round away. Somebody snuck into their community. Out and about with Negan was one thing, but they went into their house, took some of their their, their the, took a leader, took uh, a doctor, took people that people care about. And put them on pikes, insult to injury. They have fucked with the wrong group, mm-hmm. you know. But I really liked that speech at the end, you know. And I, I thought all the little like, we're gonna get them. The last, because the last thing we see is Lydia go and she has this necklace on there. And you speculated that it was one of the bobbles, the tokens, yeah, from and, the hilltop. And then I said no, because that doesn't make sense in the timeline. Because blah blah blah, right? And then. Because they just killed him, and she's been wearing it for a long time. But then, it, with the time jumps and everything, it's it's better explained, right? But I, here's the thing: I think it's even farther back than we realize because um, the baubles that they were given, the mm-hmm. lady with the baubles, she says this was our first anniversary, and then there was a five year time jump. So I'm thinking maybe somewhere down the line, Alpha's not really uh, Lydia's not really Alpha's daughter. Maybe she was stolen from the Hilltop community. Mm-hmm. It's interesting conjecture. You or, know, conjectureville. Yeah. So, I mean, lo and behold, we'll, we might we might see it later on in an episode, or we might see it later on in a couple seasons. Yeah. So, in the the final shot of the 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 final shot of the whole episode is the heads have been removed from the pikes. Which, I mean, I understand. You know, you they, need they, to. they 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 need to because mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just wander out there and see, oh, hey, Henry, just start start talking <laughs> to him. 
Fucking um, Henry. <laughs> but Lydia places the little the little H the buffalo nickel down at you know the the place where he died. Won't you come out tonight? <laughs> and then kind of it, it, at the same time, Genius and I turned to each other, and you know snowflakes are falling. We were like, winter is coming. Right. Yeah, a nice little Game of Thrones throw a uh, throwback there. But coming soon. Yeah, Daryl and Lydia walk away, and the episode ends, and it's just like, wow, um, where do we go from here? So. I'm excited. I mean, can you think of anything that we might have missed? No. Because, I mean, we I, had a lot of stuff that we had to this cover This is a there. long episode. This is like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was it was pretty long. And I then, mean, I mean, it would be an hour straight if you took out the commercials, but it was it was a long episode, but I liked all it. All right, and let's talk about that for a second because I know we've had an issue with the way that AMC has kind of interjected commercials or the way they kind of edited everything in. I thought this one was actually pretty smooth. Me too. Yeah. If, uh, especially there, for length it was. Yeah, there wasn't anything goofy. We didn't see a Volvo or Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, commercial anywhere. We did see a We'll Be Back in One Minute, but it didn't re- really reveal anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Plus, and I know like, that you've had huge issues oh, with that before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, like we do on every episode on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how would you rate this episode? I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go eight and a half. Ooh, I, in, very nice. It would have been eight, but the fact that they killed Henry brought it up to eight and a half. This <laughs> fucking Henry. Would have been a six, but now that that now little that, bastard's now off. Now that fucker's gone. Ten. Right? I give her a ten. No. It set up good fear. It may, I mean, we all knew that Alpha was this cold-blooded killer. The most we, diabolical hater of this side of the Mississippi. Right? But continuously, she's upping the ante so much that this is She's way of a bigger threat than Negan ever could even hope mm-hmm. to be. Um, and she's ruthless enough to pull out whatever she wants. This is what I wanted in a Walking Dead episode. There was good violence, good kills, move the story along, some cheer-worthy moments. Um, when you saw Henry's head. I fucking loved seeing his decapitated head. I don't know why. I didn't like it when Carl went. I didn't like it when a lot of other people go. I was even a little bummed at Look at the Flowers. But... <laughs> fucking Henry. So like no, I, I think this is this adds a lot of stake in the game and I'm really excited to see where this leads to. Uh it actually I, added ten stakes. Uh, <laughs> I like what this episode did. I really, really did. I think it was one of the better episodes and indicative of a good thing of um what The Walking Dead can still do. Yep. Cause I know a lot of people are like, oh man, it's stupid, I'll stop watching after Whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I think this show still has legs, especially with an episode like this. I do, too. You know, we had concerns when when Andy Lincoln left the show about how they would kind of weave in a grimless future. Mm -hmm. And I think they've done a pretty excellent job of telling the story up to that point. On this episode in particular, I'm actually going to go with a nine bordering a nine and a half. Nice. Because I think I was so anticipating the, the Pike sequence that I audibly cheered when we saw it because yeah. I could you, the pan, the panning shot. I knew exactly what it was. I was looking for dreads. Yeah, I was too because we we hadn't seen Ezekiel up until right? that point. He's, he's talking to Lydia and Lydia reveals, you know, my mother was here. You know, we need to find these people. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to go nine and a half just because I think with everything that is still to come, you know, into season ten because we've got one episode left in this season and then. All Carol is going to break loose. Oh, Carol! I mean, I, I, I don't even, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think the whispers have any idea what's coming for. Them. They're fucked. I, 
I don't care, man. Carol might have grown out her hair. She might have kind of gone domesticated and, you know, oh, have you seen a movie? They fucked with they well, fucked they, with her they kid. S- they started the wrong fucking movie on this one. Yes, they did. They 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 awoken John Wick. Yeah. Ex- that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. You you started out with like, you know, Disney's Aladdin and now you've got John Wick. Yep. You ki- you killed Carol's dog. <laughs> So let's finish this episode so we can go watch Into the Badlands. Well, with that being said, on behalf of Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to go put some fucking sticks in my yard.